Hello and welcome to the Nourish Practice podcast, a podcast focused on all things intuitive eating, intuitive movement and helping you heal your relationship to food while moving away from diet culture in hopefully a nice relaxed way. There'll be a mixture of solo episodes and guest interviews. Any topics you would like included just send me a DM on Instagram at Nourish Practice and I hope you enjoy the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. This week we are joined by Alex Okul. You'll probably know her on Instagram and TikTok from the PCOS Collective. Indeed, she is a London-based reproductive health nutritionist with experience in research, private practice and digital media. She is the founder of Be The Collective Limited, which includes the PCOS Collective and the Endo Collective. She holds a master's degree in nutrition from King's College London and has co-authored papers with the University of Cambridge, King's College London, the Food Foundation and the Food Standards Agency. She is author of Eating Intuitively for PCOS, so you can see why she fits perfectly with this podcast. And she is passionate about creating evidence-based, non diet, gender-neutral nutrition and well-being content. She offers both one-to-one PCOS support in the virtual PCOS clinic for the PCOS Collective and a range of other offers as well, especially if you are a nutrition professional or working in the well-being industry. I personally have done Alex's course with Shannon Weston to build your business. Uh, I'm an affiliate for a lot of her courses and find a lot of her content extremely interesting, especially from that non-diet perspective. It was lovely chatting to Alex. I hope you enjoy it. Any questions, let us know. And I'll put all of the links for the things that Alex talked about in the description. Perfect. Um, so I've already done a quick introduction, but I just wanted to welcome Alex to the podcast and sort of give the space if there's anything you want to add or any way you want to summarise what you do, who you work with, uh, anything like that. Yeah, of course. So thank you so much for having me, Casey. I'm really excited to be here. I'm Alex. I'm a registered associate nutritionist and the founder of the PCOS Collective. I am a reproductive health nutritionist, but I specialize in supporting people with PCOS to manage their symptoms without restriction. Um, And that's kind of what we do over at the PCOS Collective. We're an education hub. We have a clinic. We have uh, various resources, things like books and courses for professionals. So we do a little bit of everything. Amazing. Yes, I've been following the the PCOS Collective and Alex and everyone like that for quite a while. Um, so first question I have is what would you say is the most common sort of myth or thing that you encounter when you work with individuals with PCOS? Yeah, it's a really good question. And I posted a TikTok last week and it actually like ended up doing really well and loads of people saw it and loads of people were commenting and it just really reinforced why I do what I do and I mean the team do what we do because the amount of comments I got of people saying I've been told to cut out dairy, gluten, soy, I've been told that I need to not have any carbohydrates in my diet, I've told I can never have sugar. With PCOS the, the general things that people tend to hear all the time is that they just need to lose weight and then people whether they're doctors, whether they're friends, whether they're people online just give them this list of things that they quote unquote, need to cut out. And I just know that there is a different way of approaching PCOS. And a lot of that is rooted in, uh, you know, anti-fat bias and also just completely wrong science, to be completely honest with you. So that's kind of one of my personal missions is to demystify um, PCOS nutrition, because it doesn't it doesn't need to be that complicated. And and for some reason, everyone wants to make it super, super complicated. (laughs) Yeah, I'm a big fan of the the TikToks and sort of like making it as easy to digest as as possible with all that information. 
yeah because it is like there's a lot there's a lot to know about PCOS and the people who are the loudest on social media and who have the most followings do tend to be those people who let's just say have more of like a controversial approach or kind of um you know they kind of guarantee weight loss or they guarantee that your symptoms are going to be quote unquote cured you know they, they they speak so loudly on social media so i think it is really important for us healthcare professionals to be on on social media as much as people you know say oh i hate being on social media i don't want to do it and i get it, it's not for everyone but i also do think it is quite important to be making sure that our voices are being heard in a world of misinformation and disinformation yeah Definitely. And one thing that I really appreciate with uh, sort of the, the PCOS Collective and yourself, because you have quite a, a varied background, is this idea of PCOS being a puzzle. So it's not just nutrition, it's not just sleep, it's not just movement, it's all those things coming together, um, not just mm-hmm. nutrition. So how would you summarize that sort of all around approach, as it were? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something that I think as nutrition professionals, we wish it was simpler. We wish that we could just be in our own box of saying, we're just going to talk about nutrition, but human beings are so complex and we're complicated and we have so many different systems making, you know, making up everything that we do every single day, that it's never just as simple as we'll eat this and you will get this result. We're all so different that when we're thinking about any form of chronic condition management, or to be honest, any, I can't think of an example where it doesn't apply, we can't just be thinking about nutrition. It's also unrealistic just to be thinking about nutrition within the the puzzle of life (laughs) as a whole, because we have so many different things going on. Everyone's different. We have people, you might be working with clients who have, uh, you know, a family and that impacts how they can eat and sleep and move, et cetera. You might be working with people who are entrepreneurs and, or people who work shift jobs. You know, there's so many different people we could be working with and nutrition is rarely just the one answer I suppose or the one the one approach to managing health conditions or just supporting people generally who want to you know nourish their bodies in a certain way so I think with the PCOS puzzle the way I look at it is and of course as a nutritionist I'm not I'm not advising on medication but allowing people to have the support Mm -hmm. um, of myself to help with like understanding what medication is out there and helping them approach conversations with their doctors about medication is one thing then it's supplements, then we're thinking about nutrition, movement, and then those kind of more like lifestyle things, things like stress management and sleep are also so important and a big part of it. And then you can layer on, you know, other health conditions that maybe someone with PCOS is also living with, that could be IBS, ADHD, there's so many different things going on, there's rarely one person who you can apply the exact same advice to another. So um, that's kind of how I see the PCOS puzzle that it's made up of all these different parts. Nutrition is definitely a part of it. But I think that when people get diagnosed with PCOS, they tend to think that nutrition and supplements is the be all and end all. And that's everything they need to focus on. Whereas actually, there's so many other factors going on, we just need to be conscious of that, I think. And also, I think it, it ends up taking a lot of the pressure off my, my clients, because they originally see it as I need to overhaul my entire diet. I need to throw out all this food. I need to eat in this very strict way. Whereas actually when we look at it as more of a puzzle, it's more like we can make small tweaks. And overall, when we're thinking about this puzzle, um, we will, with these small tweaks, we'll be able to make big changes. So that's kind of how I, how I approach it anyway. Yeah. And that sort of leads us nicely on. So when you set up the PCOS collective and obviously you've now got the endo collective sort of growing how did you approach Mm -hmm. building your team of professionals to work with clients because I know you all sort of specialize in different areas so how was that building that and bringing those different approaches 
Yeah, because as important as it is for us all to have a good knowledge of other factors, things like movement. So I'm a personal trainer. I'm trained as a personal trainer and a group exercise instructor as well. So I kind of have that little kind of bit of background to add to it. But I'm also very aware of my um, my the areas that maybe I don't know as well, or it's not necessarily in my scope of practice. So by bringing on people, so for dietitians, for example, who help a lot with the supplement support, and also if other people have conditions, things like IBS, then um, we can refer them to our dietitian, uh, Sophia, who's working for us at the moment. We've also had Melanie in the past who helped me write our book, Eating Intuitively for PCOS. Um, we have Shannon, who um, is also a counsellor and therapist, so she's able to support more of the emotional side of things, especially as a lot of people with PCOS live with uh, disordered eating and eating disorder behaviours, particularly people with PCOS tend to have a higher prevalence of binge eating disorder, so it's good to have someone who covers that side of things, which is not my area of expertise. And it's just kind of making sure that the team that we're building out is really nice and cohesive, and we all work together, but we all have our own areas of expertise slash kind of just areas where we where we focus on and we have experience in and we're not we're not scared to refer around and for people to have different appointments with different people at different times or to seek the support of other professionals who are maybe not in the PCOS collective but I have you know so many different contacts across the nutrition and well-being space that I'm able to tap into uh Dr Ashalami is one of those people who I will contact you know and ask some questions if I if I'm struggling with something with a certain client if I need to have support you know there's so many different people who I lean on and I think that's how health and well-being and nutrition should be approached rather than this I'm one expert and I know everything and need to listen to everything I have to say it's more of this collaborative approach and I, I really hope to promote that uh, with the PCOS collective and also uh, just generally when I'm talking with other nutrition and well-being professionals about how we can have this more referral based and conversation based um, industry. Yeah, I think that's super important, knowing your, your scope of practice and when to, to pass on, because that's why I end up talking to a lot of PCOS professionals, because that's not my area. So I often go, here's a great resource, or here, Instagram mm-hmm. such as yourselves, and passing that on, because I know you guys recently released the um, Eating Intuitively for PCOS book. So although I can touch on it, I tend to go, there's a great book resource, or um, check out Amazing. Instagram, have Thank a look you. at these guys, and sort of pass that on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I love that. Exactly. That's so important. I think that it really is important to have. And this is what I when I speak to people who are early on in their nutritional well-being um, business journey is to make sure you have a kind of a list of people that you can be referring on to because I get it that it feels it feels stressful (laughs) passing on sometimes because you're thinking, does this mean that I don't know enough or that I should um, that it makes me look bad that I'm referring? It doesn't. It shows that you care about your clients and you're giving them the most support that you can. Yeah. And I was going to say, I think that sort of leads me nicely on to, um, I know that you've sort of launched the PCOS Collective. You're doing some brunch clubs and some events. How is that going? Has it been nice to bring everyone together in a bit more of a in-person session and get them all to, to chat? How is it going planning that and, and getting some feedback? Yeah, I'm really excited for this event because um, as we all know, you know, with the pandemic and everything that's been going on, we've really had a time of being so online and it's been so amazing because I've been able to connect with people literally all over the world and work with clients all over the world and you know I look at my Google (laughs) analytics and I can see that people are able to find our information from literally like the far corners of the of the world which I would never have normally expected to um to be able to reach which is obviously incredible so I absolutely love that but it's also so nice to be able to have that in-person connection it's definitely something that I think 
is maybe underestimated, not only in just our everyday lives, and we do want that connection, but also when you live with a condition like PCOS and maybe your family don't get it, your partner doesn't quite get it, your friends are trying to be supportive, but they don't really get it. Having a space where you can chat with other people, you can communicate about your particular symptoms, ask people what's worked for them, especially in a condition like PCOS or other reproductive health conditions where the research is is ongoing, sure, but it, it's, it's a bit slow, probably because it's, it's chronically underfunded. So this means that realistically, when we're kind of looking for advice and support sometimes the the science is a little bit slow so we want to be able to have those conversations with other people and figure out what's working for you i might try that i might give that a go you know have those conversations and also collecting people in a space and how kind of having everyone's energy there i just think it's it feels really incredible so yeah we're running our first brunch club in january it's not just for people with pcos it's a um, it's a, just an opportunity for us to do a gentle movement class together. Then I'll be presenting a masterclass on um, gentle nutrition for hormonal health. And then we will be enjoying a grazing brunch and an opportunity for connection and conversation. So it really is for anyone who's just interested in that kind of hormonal side of things. Maybe they're trying to conceive, maybe they have PCOS or endometriosis or you know any of those other reproductive health conditions out there. And they're just looking for that slice of um, connection. So running the first one in January, but hoping to make it maybe like a quarterly thing and see and see how we go. But um, yeah, really excited for a little bit more in-person connection, especially after the last few years that we've had. And I started my business, the PCOS Collected, in 2020. So really haven't had much opportunity to do much in person. So really looking forward to that. Yeah, no, as soon as I saw it announced, I was like, yeah, some in person. Um, <laughs> it's always nice to chat to people whenever I've been to those sorts of brunches and stuff, because often someone will say something and you just go, ah, you have it as well, or you've experienced this thing in a way that you wouldn't naturally online, maybe. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I know that people um, maybe feel less inclined to post publicly online because they're worried about other people seeing them whereas when they come to these events you know they're not scared that they're that someone that they have on Facebook from you know 15 years ago is going to find a comment that they made in a PCOS group you know it is that opportunity for us to get together and have those more real and candid conversations so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. Amazing and it's a nice accessibility sort of point um i was gonna say one thing with like tiktok and your instagram and again the ebooks and things like that is you've got those levels of one-to-one -one counseling but also more entry points as well yeah absolutely because i think it's um important that we meet people where they're at and being able to reach more people was something that i was a kind of a, a core component of how I, I changed up my business model i was just seeing people one-to-one -one. it was just me and as much as I as I enjoyed that, I, I just also felt like I wasn't reaching that many people. It was obviously a very specific group of people who could afford maybe to see me one to one. So I wanted to make sure that we were expanding out of one to one. So we have the ebook, like you said, we have masterclasses, we have various bits and pieces. Our education hub at PCOScollective.com is free to access and has you know hundreds of articles on gentle nutrition, PCOS supplements, movement, stress, and uh, medication treatments. There's, literally everything you need to know about PCOS. So it really is um, it really is a much nicer way to approach this, this way of doing business because I feel like I'm able to help a lot more people or give them that opportunity for support and education. So that's been that's been really important to us. And we're starting our podcast again in January. That'll be coming back, which is uh, the PCOS Collective podcast and our YouTube channel. So we're really hoping to expand out and be able to reach as many people as possible to spread this message that I'm just so 
passionate about, which is the fact that PCOS can be managed without restriction and you don't have to do crazy diets. You don't have to cut out all of these different foods. You don't have to be rattling around like a supplement box. You know, you can, you can manage your PCOS without changing your entire life and having to miss out on, you know, celebrations and events and all of that stuff. I want to, to really just reinforce that message. So that's been a, that's definitely a plan for 2024 is how can we grow our collective community even more? Mm, yeah no I think community is such a, a pillar of um when it comes to nutrition especially nutritional change um I was gonna say that's pretty much it from me with questions if there's anything you want to add you can feel free to do so here and then I'll do the sort of quick fire finish as it were perfect now I'm excited for these quick fire questions I always like to caveat that I call it quick fire but people as soon as I say like what's your favorite food that the story can go on as long as you want because there there tends to be that sort of memory <laughs> associated so yes. feel free to answer long form as you would like <laughs> <laughs> thank you yeah so first one what is your favorite food whether it's food group or individual food i think i'm gonna have to say cadbury's dairy milk chocolate has always been my favorite food um for, since as, as long as i can kind of remember um that is something that i just always come back to it's definitely sort of a comfort food to me and also it it brings back memories of you know, before Christmas, having it in an advent calendar and a selection box after Christmas. It just gives me those kind of those memories of being younger and being at Christmas time with family and stuff like that. So definitely Cadbury's dairy milk is, is up there. I do. I struggle with this question because I have I really do like most food, but I think I'm going to have to go with chocolate and specifically Cadbury's dairy milk. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as you said it, I was like, Advent season is among us. Um, yes, and I'm excited. What's your favorite form of movement? <laughs> so for me, for movement, I do like shaking it up and I like a good variety. I am I struggle with um, too much of a set routine and, and that's just, I think, from years of diet culture, to be honest. So I'm always looking for changing it up and shaking it up and doing what I fancy. But something that's been pretty consistent since um, I was probably about 16 is spinning. I absolutely love spinning. I have a spin bike at home and I do, you know, Peloton classes and stuff like that because I just find it so fun to be able to, you know, move with music. And I think it when you're in a spin class, like in an in-person one in particular, again, that sense of community, everyone's like on rhythm, listening to the same music, sharing in their love of music and movement. And I just think it's, you can't really beat it. So definitely spinning for me. Yes, I I love, especially I've seen so many themed spins. It's always great. Um, like Britney ones, 90s ones, you name it. There, there's a spin class for you, Yeah, I think. Yeah, or a Taylor yeah. Swift one. Yes, that is. I've seen many <laughs> a Taylor Swift one, actually. Um, obviously, I named sort of Nourished Practice, Nourished Podcast, etc., based on my understanding of what Nourished means to me. What would you say the term Nourished means to you? For me, nourishment really just means eating in a way that satisfies you both physically and emotionally. And the way that nourishment looks for you one day will change uh, the next. So some days the nourishment will be, you know, today, like I said to you off um, off mic, saying how I wasn't feeling 100%, I've got a cold coming. So for me, nourishment today is warming foods. It's probably trying to boost a little bit of my fruit and vegetables because it just feels good to get a bit more vitamin C in. But then tomorrow it might be something completely different. And it really is that removing the the moral um, kind of 
obligation, I suppose, of food and removing that morality and just leaning into what feels good right now. And that's what that's what nourishment means to me. Amazing. Um, last thing, what is one piece of advice if someone said to you that they want to improve their relationship with food today? What one piece of advice would you give them? I think this, of course, this question is, uh, it's a tricky one. It's a good one, but it's tricky for me <laughs> because there's so much that you can do and it depends where you're kind of at with your non-diet journey or whatever you want to call it. But for me, you know, and especially like I have to plug it now, but we do have our book in Eating Intuitively for PCOS. So if you have PCOS, then our Intuitive Eating book is only $4.99 on Amazon. And it's, um, it's a great resource for understanding how you can incorporate the intuitive eating pillars into um, a PCOS management plan. But I think really here, the one piece of advice, if you're just right at the beginning and getting started, is just unfollowing those people that make you feel rubbish. I think this is one of the quickest and easiest things we can mm. do. And I know it can be difficult with an algorithm. So if you're more on TikTok, that can be really difficult because you're not necessarily picking what you're being, you're being um, pushed. But at the same time, if you start unfollowing those people, scrolling past those those more pro- problematic you know posts, TikTok will understand that you don't want to see that. I don't. I barely see anything like that on tiktok anymore just because i've trained it so and you know doing the same with instagram mm-hmm. just on following those people who make you feel bad who talk about uh, food in that you know restrictive obsessing way or body shame or any of that stuff i would just start there because it's almost like out of mind out of sight out of mind i think with that stuff as well because if you're just constantly seeing it you're just constantly thinking about it so if we can remove ourselves from it a little bit i think that's a great place to start yeah, no, I think that's super important and actually hasn't been mentioned. It's interesting asking different people. Everyone has a different um, sort of one quick piece of advice. But no, that one's really important. It's interesting. A lot of non-diet professionals actually will say they sort of struggle to know what the misinformation is sometimes because they've trained their algorithm so well to just not show them it. Mm-hmm. No, I know. And I, I, on my personal TikTok account, which I use to like just scroll and, you know, do whatever I want with that one I I have it very much as um it's a it's a non-diet space but on my PCOS collective account because I run the PCOS collective Insta um TikTok account sorry I purposely try and follow people who aren't necessarily in my world because I find that it's actually really helpful for me to know the content that I should be creating almost in response to it and the questions that my community mm. are going to have when they've seen those things so I found that actually really important but to make sure I'm protecting my own health I don't have that on my personal account I only have it on my business one and I think yeah. that's something that's really important for us non-diet healthcare professionals as far as as far out of diet culture we feel like we are it's still so important for us to protect our own mental well-being. Yeah. Amazing. Well, that's all for me. Like I said, if there's anything you want to add in, want to plug um, that's coming up, do you feel free to do so now? Thank you so much. Thank you for having me here. It's been really lovely to chat with you. So upcoming, we have um, the collective brunch club which we have a session in january and like i said we're going to start doing them regularly across london um maybe elsewhere we've had a few requests but we'll see we'll get this first one done and then we'll see how it goes so you can find out more information but if you are someone who lives with pcos or you're a professional who works with people with pcos go to pcoscollective.com we have our clinic we have our course of professionals our ebook and just any resources that you could possibly need about pcos so uh, find us there and we're on tiktok and instagram at the dot PCOS collective. 
Amazing. Thank you so much for taking time out of your, your day to join me, Alex. Thank you so much, Casey. So nice to speak to you and uh, I'll see you soon.